I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 171 of the Cantabite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me as always, my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just patiently waiting at the front door for all of my Christmas packages to come in the mail safely. I don't like waiting for things to come. Me neither. I am very impatient as it is, and knowing that it's only December 7th and I am this impatient, I am really glad that I am like 96% done with shopping. Like, I think the only person like I need to get gifts for is Rusty because Rusty, my brother, won't respond to my text messages of when I ask him what he went for Christmas, even though we live in the same fucking house. <laughs> Couldn't you just ask him in person? I do, but he says the same thing. It's so annoying. Does he like not like to give ideas or what? Well, he he doesn't need anything. That's what he says this year. This year, he's like, oh, I don't need anything. I already have everything. And what's funny about Rusty is that he is always the one who gives us gift cards, but he hates when we give us gift cards. Like there are gift cards in his room that he hasn't used in like five years. Like they're just sitting around. My my dad like refuses to give ideas because he thinks then it's not special. And it's like if he gives you ideas, then like gift giving is on an obligation. But in my head, I'm like, okay, the other hand, that way you get something you actually want and not me like randomly browsing bird watching on Amazon. <laughs> yeah my dad's the same way too he doesn't like us buying gifts so that makes buying gifts for him even better because he gets so mad at us when we get him something like big <laughs> like i think that's like we always go like all out for christmas like we get we give each other points for making our parents cry with gifts <laughs> <laughs> dad is never but every i think every christmas we get our mom to cry for some reason i think one year um we got her this uh, clock and every time every hour it like did a chime of like Beatles songs or something and she lost it thank you Aww. Costco but <laughs> I, I don't know I, 
I have, I, I'm done with them, I think. I, I just finished up Carlos. That's the problem is that, like, I say I'm done getting gifts for someone, and then, like, I see something, and I'm like, oh, they need this, too, or oh, they need that, too. And I I can't do that because, like, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. But, oh, that's life. How How's your week been? I mean, it's Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> let's see oh i got dumped last week on twitter that was fun well better than get- i guess I, I guess the wedding's off well better than getting dumped in a movie theater by a text message saying being more than friends is a hassle so <laughs> anything beats that i think but yeah that's- i mean i'm not i'm not thrilled that it was so public i like that he did it by quote tweeting something so it wasn't just people following the thread he saw it, which seems a little bit mean to me. But I guess Fresh would rather go marry Dave Filoni, apparently. I mean, if he loves hats so much, like, have you considered, like, buying a hat? Like, maybe that would win win you back. Is that, you know, if you have, like, a grease moment and you put on that hat and you say, you better shape up because I need a man. And my heart hat, is set yeah. on you. <laughs> hat and a wolf t-shirt yeah and then he'll dress up like mendo and you'll dress up like uh (laughs) like dave filoni i mean look it's been a long time coming but can't say i'm not i'm not i can't say that i'm not hurt i'm also annoyed because it's like two days after i buy his fucking christmas present and then he breaks up with me i'm like could have fucking saved like 50 bucks like fuck you man oh well well, what a jerk. Eh, he'll, he'll realize, you know, they'll, they'll have their their moment where, they, you know, they're sitting back and like, you know, the movies where they're sitting down and they're like, shit, I lost it. I lost the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> and then he'll start playing back the memories and listening back to the old episodes. And he'll be like, I got to win her back. I got to I got to yep. do it. And then. He'll come to your door with, like, what movie was that? Where, it, 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 not Love, yeah, Love Actually, where he's at the door and he writes all the nice things. Oh, if anybody tries to Love Actually me, they're getting the door slammed in their face because that movie's fucking disgusting. Every relationship in that movie is poison. It's awful. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how how would you like to be one back? I don't know. He's going to have to work at it, though. That's fair. Because I'm very annoyed that he broke up with me because I don't like Dave Filoni. Like, that's a dumb reason to break up with somebody. I'm way better than Dave Filoni. I mean, I'm not, like, as talented as Dave Filoni, but I'm, like, better than Dave Filoni. Yeah. You're you're more fun than Dave Filoni, I think. I would rather be on Autotopia than you or with you than <laughs> Dave Filoni in a heartbeat. Like, if Dave Filoni asked me, Brittany, would you like to ride Autopia with you? I would say no, because I have a spot right here that's reserved for Emily Lind. Okay, I'll say this. I'm not going to ride Autotopia, but if Dave Filoni wants to ride an Autotopia with me, I'll ride on Autotopia with Dave Filoni. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because I don't like, have a story to tell. Maybe like oh, maybe to write notes like how how to make Chris Fresh love me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it needs to involve jetpacks and an overuse of cameos. 
and bad lighting uh <laughs> mediocre live action directing and not being able to let characters go and grand admiral thrawn oh where is he Whatever. emily where is grand admiral thrawn <laughs> where is your master oh but whatever, my new vibrator is supposed to be coming tomorrow, so who needs Chris Fresh anyway? I know. I'm excited. I There was a, a panty sale, and I got, like, a bunch because I needed new ones, so heck yeah, undergarments. Yay. I know. I, I bought, like, ten of them because, like, I feel like I've bought, like, all – because I, I had to buy, like, a whole new closet, and I feel like the thing that mm. – um, I purchased last was like the thing that's like pretty important, but I don't know. It's, it's good to have comfortable underwear, but also like sexy underwear because yeah, you never know. And I've never, not that I've never like allowed myself to have sexy underwear, but like I never like felt good in it. And like now I do. So I'm like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see yes, how good. they feel and, <sighs> yeah it's always fun to you know text your boyfriend and be like hey there's a sale pick out the ones you want <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's good couple bonding right there there you go that's a good it's a sweet little couple activity yeah i i like to spice things up and to make things interesting and you know just helping helping you shop is a good way to get things going but speaking of getting things going i think we should get to some star wars yeah so we got a little they did a cover reveal for the um second of the adult books in the high republic um I don't know if you want to, like, I don't know if to call it a series or what, because it's not like a direct sequel, but it's, you know, it draws on some of the same events, but that's, uh, Kevin Scott's writing it. It's called The Rising Storm. It'll be out in July. Uh, cover is pretty cool. Uh, it's good to see some people of color, especially women of color on the cover. Um, like, yay for more black women in Star Wars. I uh, even if it's just in the books it's at least something um and what i thought was neat is it's going to introduce a character called ty yorick who is a force sensitive monster hunter with a mysterious past um she's also described by scott as a saber for hire and i gotta say i'm looking forward to some force users who aren't necessarily jedi or sith yeah that's pretty cool it's really creative it's something that we've never heard of before which is you know ticking some of those boxes for me already yeah like a fucking force using bounty hunter i'm totally about that why aren't there more of those yeah i mean we got a little bit of that when when ventress hooked up with uh Boba's crew for a bit but no 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 i want i want more of this because i and they've talked about this when they've talked about the High Republic is sort of they wanted to explore 
different interpretations of the force and like how different how different characters view the force and like what it is and what their relationship is to it and yeah because the thing is like if the force is you know in everything and such an like integral part of the very fibers of the universe then we do need to see more than just the jedi and the sith like I want to see how other people cultures use it and how other people use it. And I want to know, like, what was Tyoric somebody who used to be a Jedi and then is like, nah, and pieced out? Or do they grow up in a completely other situation and, and is just have always just been like rogue bounty hunter type? Anyway, I'm excited for it. I think it sounds cool. Yeah, that's super cool because, you know, we assume as Star Wars people that if you have the force, you know, you're bound to be a Jedi or something. But like, what if there's like, another category of you know things that could be super useful for your force powers like you know becoming a bounty hunter or like helping people out you know being useful in the galaxy you know, it just it's interesting thinking of all the different possibilities of like what someone with force powers could do that's beneficial yeah i think that'll be neat um the other uh, I mean, it's rumor more than news, but it's I mean, like it's something that's picked up by a lot of places and seems to make sense, which is that they're going to be doing a High Republic set animated show. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. And but, I mean, partially, I mean, that makes sense. Like Steele was talking about this on Twitter, which is they put so much work into these character design reveals that they've done that it seems like it's got to be something for more than just a book covers. Yeah, you really got to start looking at these people and thinking, okay, like, who do they look like? Like, is that Hugh Jackman <laughs> right there? Are we going to have Hugh Jackman Jedi? I don't know. But, yeah, that's interesting. I, I wish it was live action, but I'm okay with it being animated. I Yeah. I'm ready for this new era. And... I feel like the more I hear about it, like the more I'm interested in, you know, possibly reading it because like I, I share not much in common with Johnny Grosso, but I feel like we share in common that we both don't like to read much. So who knows? Maybe I'll listen to this on tape or something or maybe read it. I have time, obviously. So might as well do something with it. Yeah. No, the first one, you know, the first, the Charles Soul one is coming out next month. So I'm 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 mostly I'm just happy that they're doing something in a new time period. I do wish it was a little further back than, you know, 200 years. I wish it was more like a thousand years, but take what I can get. Yeah. At least there's not going to be like a Millennium Falcon cameo or anything, you know, like we know Yoda's around, but yeah, hopefully all that shit is at a minimum. How old is the Falcon? I don't know. Well, because it seems pretty fucking new when Lando has it. Yeah. Because that'd be funny as hell if we, like, see something thinking that is, like, way back in the past. And, oh, there's the Millennium <laughs> Falcon. Oh, my God. Everything's everything's connected. And then we watched the end of the episode. It was directed by Dave Filoni. But I, I wonder if it's going to be, like totally new ship designs like it seems like it would have to be like 200 years like in terms of technology is a long time 
Maybe. I, I would see like a lot of like inspired by this or that, you know, like how all the prequel ships, you know, were inspired by, you know, on the Clone Wars side, like the Empire and et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. I feel like in the Old Republic, too, like a lot of those ships looked like interesting, too. But I, I'm not too familiar with that. I haven't looked back on the Old Republic stuff in a really, really long time. But you would think that that would be a little bit like, you know, the books now where they would like try to connect the two a little bit. But who knows? Yeah. Anyway, I mean, you know, July is a way away, but the first one's out next month. So we'll see. Hopefully some cool new characters and just some fun times. Yeah. Uh, the other bit of news is Diego Luna was talking about the fact that he is currently filming the still unnamed Cassian show. That's great. I'm just so relieved this show is happening. Like, I just, like, every part of me kept expecting it to get canceled. I'm still expecting the Obi-Wan show to get canceled. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Cassian, like, we just heard so much shit about the problems with the Cassian thing. and, um, And then, like, with COVID on top of it, I'm like, oh, my God, please don't let the show get canceled. I want a spy show so badly. Yeah, I'm interested to see who's in it, what it's about. And seeing this character again is just going to be so much fun. And seeing this fun little era of a little bit after Revenge of this, I Actually, like, I don't know exactly when it's going to be, like, the time span. Cause I, I mean, yeah, it can't be too far before Rogue One. Because there's only so much you can... Like, not like, I mean, Diego Luna is not like old looking, but you can't, like, he can't be a kid. Yeah. Because he's been in this fight since he was six years old. <laughs> we might see a flashback, does, you know, like, I mean, because, you know, Mandalorian has made flashbacks a little more common. So maybe we'll see a little kid, Cassian. But I think mostly it'll be like, it can't be more than like a couple of years before Rogue One. Can we, like, call Lucasfilm to, like, request them to have, like, um, a cameo appearance by Catherine Neen? <laughs> like, can we? Can we call them or email them and be like, hey, like, if you need background people, we have you. Like, there's this girl. Her name is Catherine. She's great. <laughs> that would be, be good. We should do that. You should start that campaign. Yeah, I will put hashtag put Catherine and Cassian. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm excited to see, like I said, the spy shit. I'm excited to see Mon Mothma. Supposedly Tarkin. We'll see because I haven't heard anything more of that since that um rumor first broke. Fingers crossed for Jimmy Smith's man. What if he's the bad guy? No kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't imagine that your big bad guy in the show is some CGI dude. God, I hope not. Just fucking cast a person as as Tarkin, man. Just do it. Cast it. Does I don't even care if they look 
anything like Peter Cushing just fucking cast somebody. So, like, they don't just have dead computer eyes. Yeah, I don't know how they would do that for a long time because I feel like it was enough in Rogue One because I know a lot of people didn't like it. I was okay with it. I was really surprised seeing him. Like, I personally thought that he looked okay. But knowing that we're going to see him in a show possibly, like, that shit's expensive. Like, that's probably where all the money is going to go. Like, but again, hopefully they actually, like, bring in an actor or something because that's just so expensive. Like, and it's just, it's distracting and it does not age well. Even like Rogue One already looks worse than it did at the time. And I didn't think it looked great at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just hope that, I mean, they know what they're doing, but I hope that they realize that they should bring in Ben Mendelsohn because what in the world is Ben Mendelsohn doing right now? He's obviously um, not he's using Steele's bathroom. He's doing the um, Cyrano de Bergiac movie with uh, Peter Dinklage, the musical. Oh, he's doing the musical. Oh, well. I mean, I, that is, I believe, probably why he currently has a shaved head. Which, the fact that he has a shaved head while they're filming Cassian is um, not not giving me high hopes about an appearance there. Man, Mendelssohn, shaved head. I don't remember him having a shaved head. He It was just like there was some award show appearance that I just made that he was in a bathrobe with a shaved head and a mustache. Oh, that's sad. That'd be really nice to have him there. I mean, I know, I know, like wigs exist, but and 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 you know, who knows? Because it could be like maybe, maybe. I mean, that doesn't mean there's not like a cameo or anything. But I am, I am sad that did. Like, I looked that up, and I'm like, oh, well, that's sort of a for. I don't know. I'm, I'm readjusting my expectations for the Cassian show <laughs> oh my god I see him in the robe he doesn't even look like oh wow I know he looks like fucking Ben Kingsley it's hilarious oh robes it looks like a comfy robe or one of those hotel robes yeah that'd look comfortable Maybe he'll be bald in the show. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting, too, because now it seems like more likely, I me mean, obviously more likely that they aren't going to do two two things at once because obviously like COVID is a thing and they don't want to spread it. So I assume that the people that are filming, you know, Cassian are in a little bubble right now or something. Yeah. I mean, they would. it seems like they would have to be. Yeah. Like in the Great British Baking Show. Did you finish watching? No, uh, I don't. I often don't finish things. That's okay. A lot of people didn't like this season. I thought it was okay. I liked most of it. I like most of the people. I need to. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll try to finish it at some point. Just got distracted by other things. Yeah, I'm watching old seasons now. I'm on 
the season. Well, it's weird because it's like you say season three, but it's like either season seven or season whatever. But I'm on the season with um, Ruby. Um, oh, okay. Curly haired Ruby who hates everything she makes and it's always delicious. So she apologizes before she brings it like Raul did. God, I loved Raul. I can't wait to rewatch his season. He's one of my favorite contestants. <laughs> yeah, the Netflix numbering is annoying because they don't have like all of the seasons that the UK has aired and then so it's not like season one season two season three it's like this is collection one and this is collection two and I'm like but like collection one is like season like series four in the UK or something like that I know and it's just it's like give me seasons one and two like I accidentally already know who wins but just give them to me like I know that on one of the holiday specials um one of the guys is from like season one or two and I'm like I have never seen this dude in my life and I guess he was known for like dropping his cake or something (gasps) oh yeah Okay. No, I haven't watched any of the holiday specials. I don't like them. It's like I watched a little bit of one and I'm like, I don't like this as much. I want like a whole season to get to know somebody. Yeah. It's nice to like go back and be like, hey, this person's doing things. That's nice to know they're they're doing well. And then Paul Hollywood just seems like extra jolly, but like a little too nice. And like I want like ruthless Paul Hollywood that like insults like your cakes. You can't be too mean during a holiday special, I feel like. Yeah, I guess, but I'm evil. I I want destruction. Well, there's a segue for you, because speaking of destruction, (laughs) we got a new episode of The Mandalorian. The tragedy. Brittany, initial thoughts on the tragedy. Oh man, it was, it was everything but a tragedy. It was art. I loved this episode, except for like the last like five minutes. Like I could have, you know, obviously could have lived without that. But I really enjoyed this episode. I was surprised of how much I liked it. What about you? Um, yeah. If you had told me that one of my favorite episodes of the show would be an episode focused on Boba Fett, I would not have believed you. But, hey, they made Boba Fett an actual character. So now there's actually something I can like, as opposed to just thinking, hey, that's a cool-looking guy in his armor. I know like, that's a fine reason to like like a character. Like, I'm not going to give people shit for that. But I never, like, there was never anything to, like, grab onto with Boba Fett for me. Because I didn't read any of the EU stuff. And so the only, like, stuff beyond the movies that I saw him is, like, when he's an annoying little brat in Clone Wars... And then the two shitty Boba Fett stories from the um, from a certain point of view books. So, no, now it's like a person, and it's Tamora Morrison, you know, actually having real dialogue that doesn't suck, and being able to emote and be awesome, and beating the holy hell out of stormtroopers with a gaffy stick, which is pretty fucking awesome to watch. Yeah, I I really loved hearing Tamora. Like it brought me back to playing the original Battlefronts and 
it it just brought back so many like great childhood memories and especially like where they filmed it like i knew they filmed it in california because it looks literally like they filmed it in my fucking backyard like now i want to talk hike up to the hill you know the hill up my house to make sure that there's not some like jedi rock or something because it really looked like it was just a couple miles from me like i swear like i i need to investigate because Tamora Morrison like might be my neighbor. I don't know. <laughs> so we start the episode with Din just repeatedly saying Baby Yoda's name to get a reaction from him. And I have to say, it was so nice to hear the Mandalorian laughing. <laughs> Like, he's not had a lot of chances to laugh, and he's a very serious man. So when he's just, like, when the subtitles are just, like, Mandalorian chuckles, I'm like, oh. He's happy. Yeah, and I love how hesitant he is to have fun or to do something (laughs) that makes him laugh. Because as soon as Grogu takes the ball out of his hand with the Force, and he's like, dang, Ferric! Like, He's just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Like, it's okay, buddy. Oh, he's so cute. He's a good dad. We, I mean, he's, he is not the most aware dad in terms of situations in which you should not leave a little baby alone. But other than that, he is a good dad. Yeah, he's learning. Like we give him shit, but he it sounds like he's listening to us somehow. <laughs> so I gotta say, I was not expecting to already get to the planet and to the rock. I thought that was gonna be like where we ended the season. But no, it's like the pacing of the show is all over the place. So it's like, hey, hey, we're on Typhon now and here's the rock. And then within the first five minutes, the little baby's going to be sitting on the rock and he's going to connect to the force. I, I, I mean, I assume that the next episode we would get was at Typhon. I didn't think that baby Yoda would want to, you know, connect with the force, you know, and Skype call someone. I... I really didn't think that he had it in him, you know, not be like laughing at him like Gideon did, but we'll talk about that later. But like, I just didn't think that Grogu wanted that because he really feared for his life after order 66 and whoever took him after that, like he's been through it. So I saw the hesitation, but man, he was really keeping Din from touching him. I love when when Din's trying to get him to connect with it and he's like putting him in the little pose and he's like you know do what the nice lady told you to do and connect to the it's so fucking cute do what the nice lady told you to do like he's just adorable (laughs) the nice lady like I I love his interactions even more with Grogu because he cares and he tried really hard not to care like the first season but now like he is he's dad like he he signed the papers like he is dad he is dad Dejarin. yes and it's very cute and not the smartest guy as we see him 
repeatedly try to get through the Jedi force field that he forced. I'm going to, I guess it's sort of like a force field that when they're making the little Skype call, but he's, you know, he's determined and he's, you know, he's worried about his kid, but also maybe try something else. Maybe try a different method than barging into it repeatedly. He really doesn't believe in the force or, you know, anything Jedi related, or I mean, he's trying to, but I've never seen someone just so refusing to believe that, okay, I'm going to easily be able to grab my my kid through this force field. Nope. Okay, I'm going to try again. Like, what makes you think that the second time you're going to be able to successfully grab him when the first time, like, <laughs> knocked you out for 15 minutes while Boba and Fennec were kicking ass? And you were just sitting there sleeping. Oh, yeah. So we hear a ship. We hear a very specific ship. And then fucking Slave One comes flying in. <sighs> spicy. Like. What is with you on spicy lately? Jesus fucking Christ. I just. it It's spicy, Emily. Like, it just. It's so good and just so unpredicted. And you know when you bite into something and like the spices just like start. I understand. I understand. I just you. don't understand why you've been using it constantly for the past like forty eight hours. I don't know. I have a thing with words, where I just I start using them. I'm really glad now I didn't you know sign your Christmas presents with spicy, but now I want to <laughs> go back and sign them with spicy. Like have a spicy Christmas, Emily, but. I oh I was stoked. I I didn't think that he still had custody of that ship. I thought that either someone else took it. Like where was it for like four years at the I shop? Mean, good good question. I mean he might have had a previous adventure to get his fucking ship back. That wouldn't surprise me. I just want to know too what happened in the Sarlacc pit because. You see his face. Like, I want to know the stories. Like, I want to know what he went through to get the fuck out of there. I mean, imagine being stuck in a Sarlacc pit is not a fun experience. Oh, God, no. But I'm happy he's out. And I was so... I knew that Boba was going to be on because despite having every keyword muted on Twitter people don't hashtag shit and so i didn't see anybody like talking about boba but i saw like all the super excited reactions and i'm like oh, okay it's boba fett whatever um just fucking tag your post guys like whatever anyway but i didn't i didn't know fennec was gonna be on so that was cool i love her having ming na win back like i knew they were gonna bring it back at some point because you don't you can't waste her like that and obviously they're, you know, they set up her being alive at the end of that episode. But she's so awesome and she's so pretty. And I cannot believe that woman is 57 years old. She looks so good. <sighs> she's gorgeous and badass. And it's an awesome character, too. Her and her robot stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Robo tummy. I love it. I I love how 
Boba Fett is this like doctor man. Like he's fixing people's stomachs, you know, he's kicking ass. Like he is the ideal doctor. He's awesome. I fucking love him. He's so fucking cool in this episode. Um, I like that we fairly quickly got to them all being on the same side. Yeah, I did too. I like like it's yeah. I liked how we got like a simple explanation that oh hey Cobb had my armor it's mine I want it back and then them being like well I'll guarantee the safety of Grogu if you know I get my armor back and then well Grogu's lost guess you're stuck with me like that's the <laughs> best fucking scenario of this whole thing every episode being like oh hey I gotta help you out but you have to help me out like this is the best scenario for that because i've been getting just a little bit annoyed a little tiny bit annoyed with the whole oh well you gotta do this to get this like you gotta run four miles to eat the cookie like fuck you i'm gonna eat the cookie i don't have to walk four mi- or run four miles but hey if it's with boba fett and fanic like i'm in like i'll run eight for you fuckers like <laughs> i this this is the ideal trio like this is the 2020 trio right here and with the cool ship Rest in peace, Razor Crest. You were a piece of shit anyways. I was not a fan of the ship really either. So, bye. I I love how thoroughly they destroyed the ship. <laughs> like, just, like, obliterated. All that's left is the little metal ball. And he's got his Beskar spear. And he's got nothing left to lose, so now he's going to go fuck some shit up with Boba Fett and Fennec and Space Bilber. I didn't know and he was still alive. I thought we were going to see at least one or two of those guys again, because they all just ended up in prison. Um, I would like to see Clancy Brown again, but Bilber is okay, too. Um, just because I, it, it's, I mean, but look, Bill Burr's uh, kind of a huge jackass, but seeing Bill Burr in space, I don't know, there's something about it that makes me laugh just because it's so weird. Um, and I thought that like Boba's story was good in this. I like that it's all about him getting back his family armor. Like that's, that's the thing. This was his dad's armor. So he's getting it back no matter what. Yeah, I I think that was like really passionate that, you know, he wanted to do everything he could to get his armor back because, you know, it was his father's and then it was his. And we're actually getting to know this character that we briefly knew in, in the original trilogy. You know, Boba's been loved by so many people and our friend Haas for many, many, many years, you know, to the point where, you know, it was rumored that he would get a show and then didn't happen. And then seeing him in this just amazing, like so many more people now are Boba fans because he was just so good in this. Like Tamora did a fantastic job. Like that's acting right there. That's acting. That's action. Him with his stick. I think it was specifically called something I wrote down notes actually. Um, this the, it's the, it's the gaffy stick. It's gaffy the stick. Tusken Raider stick. Yeah, that was awesome. Like him beating the shit out of those stormtroopers. Oh. Dude, the scene and fucking 
apparently Robert Rodriguez did this because somebody dropped out last minute. But the close up when the stick is just dragging on the ground is like such a like horror movie, like grindhouse Robert Rodriguez moment. And that is not something I thought we would see in Star Wars, but it's such a good shot. And then like when you just see like from looking from the ground up into Boba's like angry face before he's like after he swung it. And I'm like, because oh. that stormtrooper basically explodes. Yeah. Like he shatters a stormtrooper with a big old stick with a pointy end. And that's fucking awesome. I I think it's awesome, too, that he's destroying these stormtroopers, knowing that, you know, possibly some of them could be former clones or just like knowing the history of that. I mean, I don't know if he's actually thinking that, but when I see stormtroopers or clone troopers, I think of like, oh, Jango Fett, you know, cloned himself and, you know, they're all clones now. Like, I don't know how many are left when the Empire is created and i i don't know if like they continue doing that i know in um the sequel trilogy like they've stopped that but it's just it's interesting to know you know that he's he's just hauling ass kicking ass taking names and the fear at the end of the episode when you know he goes up on the ship and he sees um gideon's ship and he's like oh fuck the empire is back that was awesome i think at this point at least going off of the books like because when i was reading the the new from a certain point of view book there's a couple of of imperial set stories and a couple of of trooper stories and the troopers are all like a variety of people now. So it seems like at that point they're already recruiting people, at least, if not, you know, kidnapping people like they are by the time the sequel trilogy comes around. Yeah. But, yeah, no, and I just... The reveal of Django having been a foundling like Din, I fucking loved yeah, that was that was pretty good. I was totally expecting for Django just like taking the armor or something and not being a foundling. So that was an awesome surprise that now Boba and Din, you know, have this special bond. And maybe that'll get Din to take off his mask every now and then. And like, dude, take off the helmet. Like you don't need it. You you don't need to keep it on. Like you do, buddy. Like we want to see your face. I just I like that we're we're getting into some like exploring of what it is to be a Mandalorian because obviously the way uh, the way Din was raised is like in this little very small like cult where to him it was you know only about like having taken the creed and doing this very specific way of life. But he's finding out that's not that's not what the Mandalorians are to everybody, and that's not how the Mandalorians all define themselves. And uh, I I I need him to meet up with the armorer again and be like, "Hey, what the fuck?" Yeah, 
like I want a refund. What the what the fuck is this? Like not only that, like you know whether he he decides to to always you know to keep living with just the helmet on or whatever, but like the fact that he didn't even realize that's not what all the Mandalorians were. Like that's how in the dark he was. I think that's I think that's awesome, and I can't wait to see that explored more. Me too. I I really like to how we got to see Gideon and Gideon was so bad and so scary. The dude mocks a baby. Who mocks a baby? A terrible person. That, that you get oh so sleepy line. I mean, Giancarlo Esposito, that is not a line that everybody can deliver because it's super cheesy and incredibly silly thing to say to a baby. But he makes it both like hilarious and terrifying. The man is so frightening considering he is from everything we see in interviews, like one of the sweetest guys in the world. And I realize, yes, it's called acting, but he's almost always scaring people. From, you know, the very first second that you see him and he gives this like crazy speech in the first season to now where he's watching Grogu like kill these stormtroopers and he's making fun of him for being sleepy. Like, and knowing what possibly he's, he's gonna torture the fuck out of Grogu like we don't even know what he's gonna do to Grogu like obviously he won't kill him but he'll get pretty close to doing so I I'm hooked like this is a villain this is a villain you put into a show like he is doing a fantastic job and I'm I'm so happy that he is in this show yeah it's it's a good villain and we needed we needed this episode because we need him to be a real threat like the show needs a continuing bad guy. Like it can't just be like whoever he happens to be fighting that week, and it can't be like you know, just all spiders and crate dragons. Yeah, fuck those spiders. <laughs> fuck those spiders. But no, he's so great. It's such an interesting character. I cannot wait to find out more about just what in the fuck he's up to. He's killing it. He's funny. He gets good villain speeches. He has little baby Yoda handcuffs. He's prepared. He's prepared for all oh scenarios. The only thing I didn't like in this episode, well, besides the fact that Cara Dune is in it, the only thing I didn't like about this episode is the um the fucking dark troopers. When when they're like flying down to the planet and they are just really stupid looking robots yeah they these uh, they were what like force sensitive robots or some shit I don't know they they looked okay like they looked kind of weird and they grabbed Grogu and took him up in the sky like I feel like I was watching like Toy Story or something when Buzz and Woody were flying (laughs) there there is a little like I know Star Wars gets goofy but 
I also feel like they're supposed to be intimidating and scary and they're just like dumb, stupid looking robots. And I'm like, oh, I wish it had just been like some regular troopers or something who grabbed him because I don't like the stupid robots. I was just mad at Din because he's like, all right, buddy, I'm going to protect you. And then he leaves. And of course, as soon as he fucking leaves, that's when Grogu, you know, decides he's a little he's a little sleepy and, you know, passes out and he's sitting there helpless uh, he doesn't have his jetpack, so when he gets there, like Grogu's gone. Surprise, surprise. But I feel bad for the guy. Like I'd feel fucking awful if you know my one job was to protect this little guy, and I fucked up, and he's now with the bad guy again. Yeah. I just I loved I loved when Boba is just like, nah, I'm coming with you, man, because I'm still on a mission here. I made you I made you a promise. I have my code, so let's go. Let's do it. I love this like Mandalorian code. Like, ah, oh. it's just, it's so good. It was getting a little annoying to me about, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. But like now Boba's here. So it's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> it sounds so awful, but it's true. I don't know. I, I really like this. I really like that Fennec's back. I really like that we're deepening the story and that we don't know what's going to happen next. Like, we're going to see the inside of the slave one probably. That'll be cool. Oh. I don't I I think I don't like that shit particularly. I think it's it's a little too far into the like weird for me. But I mean I want to see more like oh, cuz I want to know what the inside of it looks like cuz it's so bizarrely shaped. Um so Tamora Morrison did an interview that came out today um with the New York Times. And it was really cool because he's talking. I I uh, suggest that people look it up. It's it's pretty interesting because he's talking, you know, about how, you know, throughout the years, there have been all these rumors about like, Boba Fett projects. And he was never sure if they were actually going to happen or if they would want him to be involved or if somebody else would play him in all of this. And they just sort of also get into it. And you have this quote, which is, when we find Boba, he's well-worn and he's been through a lot. He's a survivor and he's weathered. Now it's time to find out more about what makes Boba tick. Is he more than just a simple man trying to make his way through a galaxy? Is he tired of all the fighting? Is he tired of all the killing? And I'm like, oh my god, I want to see more of this character. It was also funny because the, the, the interviewer asked him about like getting out of the, the Sarlacc pit and he's kind of like, I, and what are the, he's always like, I don't know. They haven't told me that, uh, I guess. And he's like, I don't know. I haven't really, you know, I don't know all the Star Wars lore. I'll have to, to look into it more on the internet. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's great. I, I love that. That he's, he's learning like we are. Like, he's at the same pace as all of us. Like, they're not going to trick him into accidentally spoiling something. I don't know. I... This is great. Like, I would have been mad if they went with anyone else, which you know, obviously they shouldn't have. But yeah, what a treat. Like, he is just such a delight. Oh, he's great. I love him. I love his voice. I love his scarred up face. I know people are like, there's a lot of jokes going around about thick boba, but I got to say it's kind of doing it for me. Yeah, he looks fine. Like, I don't know. Like, people age and people age. Yeah, dude. There's nothing wrong with it. He, I think he looks fucking amazing, though. He looks fucking great. Dude, when he comes off the ship and he's in those robes and he's looking like a badass warrior monk. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
I don't even like look it's like cool when he turns up in the armor but I'm like no nah, I'm okay with just like just seeing his face I like his face yeah I liked those robes yeah I'm I'm a hundred percent down for a Boba Fett show if it's just tomorrow Morrison being awesome me too he's so good I gotta say and I kind of I want to I should write in to Blue Harvest to ask cause about this because I think in the big picture, it's a good thing we never got that Josh Trank Boba Fett movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I wonder what he would have done. Because it wouldn't have been this. No. And this is, this is badass. And probably a lot more interesting than whatever that show would have. I mean, whatever that movie would have been. Because I feel like that movie would have been Boba Fett. It would have been like... Just like, I'm the coolest fucking bounty hunter there is, and I'm going to go around being super fucking cool. Yeah, and that makes me sad, too, that, you know, potentially they could have axed the whole Solo movie and had, you know, Han in something and make it, like, really fucking cool. But, you know, this need for, you know, people to make, like, oh, like a Darth Vader movie or an Obi-Wan movie (sighs) or this or that, like... Maybe they just need, like, a one-episode thing. You know, I know that obviously Boba's going to be in more episodes, but I I think this is working out beautifully that I feel like we got to know Boba way more in, like, 30 minutes than a whole fucking movie about Han Solo. You know? (laughs) Yeah, that Solo movie is worthless. Although... There is a story, and from a certain point of view, which is the, um, and I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know the author's name, but she wrote the L337 story, and it legitimately made me cry. Oh, wow. Because it's like her, when Lando comes on the ship. Oh, like during Empire, and I'm like, this is not okay. That's a bummer. Was, it was super sad. Like, it was beautifully written, but also, like, really sad and made me mad all over again about her getting put in that ship. Yeah. I I always get mad because whenever that movie is on TV, like, and I'm with Carlos, like, that's the thing that he turns it on to. And I'm like, God damn it. You know how I feel about this movie. Like... <laughs> I don't think I've ever disliked anything Star Wars related as much as that movie. Even like The Rise of Skywalker, like another mo- thing I'm not like too fond of. Like, uh, I'm not even ready to revisit that. Like, I know I'm definitely not ready to revisit Solo because like, why? Like, I, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste yours. But. Uh... Before we move on to a voicemail and email do you have any other thoughts on the tragedy uh no other than i i hope grogu's okay i'm i'm worried about the little guy i i hope that i'm also curious uh what what are they gonna do with grogu like are they gonna take all the midi chlorians out of him and put it in something else like copy and paste it into someone else what do you think they're gonna do with it i mean they're definitely i mean that's what they're trying to do um, but we heard from the little Dr. Pershing um, hologram that their experiments so far have not gone well. 
So we might see some like crazy genetic, like David Cronenberg, like hybrid monster people, which I'd be pretty down for. Dude, that's scary. I'm down for that too, though. I'm down for some like Star Wars horror. I'm still bummed out that um, the director that or they were supposed to do like a horror like Doctor Strange movie, but like the director like backed out or something. So it's not going to be like like that anymore. Like I I want something horror. It could still be it. It'll still be a little bit horror because Sam Raimi's doing it and he has that aesthetic when he's not doing like Spider Man movies. But no, I was looking forward to that Seth Dickinson movie, and I'm sad that it's not him anymore. But that turned it was like I think that was some like the studio did not want a horror movie, and he's like, "But you hired me to make this movie that's supposed to be a horror movie," and then they're like, "No, but we don't actually want it to be that thing that we told you was good." So you've changed our mind of what we wanted from you. So yeah. now we you know, have to yeah, fire yeah. you. You know that reason that we hired you? Well, we want something else instead. But we want Dave Filoni. <laughs> I don't know. No disrespect to Dave Filoni. Like he's a good dude. Yeah, I mean, he's I, a I good mean a little dude. Bit of, a little bit of disrespect to him professionally, not personally. Oh. Personally, he seems great. Oh God, no! Like I'd invite him over for dinner. I mean, obviously, right now, like because of COVID, and like I, I don't want me inviting Dave Filoni over, you know, to cause like a COVID spread. Because I would feel so guilty. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit mad at him for stealing my fiance, but what are you going to do? But also it gives me an opportunity to interrogate or interrogate him and ask him why you're, he's trying to break you guys up. Because I think, I think he knows what he's doing, you know, by bringing Ahsoka back <laughs> and by wearing that fucking hat. Like he knows exactly what he's doing to get, you know, fresh, all excited. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a shame, but that's okay. My 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 heart will eventually mend. I'll find a way to get over it. I don't know. I don't think the wedding's over though. Like I'm the one who's in charge of planning this wedding, and I say it's not over yet. So I mean, he he dumped me. I mean, very publicly. He says things, but he doesn't mean them like that. Like he meant, you know, it's over. Like he probably meant the jokes. Or maybe he was adding Dave Filoni and forgot to like at him. I don't know, but I mean, he specifically told me repeatedly that I was dumped. So <sighs> yeah, you want it, You can talk to him about it. It's fine. Yeah, I, I have to. It's he can't do this. This is the best thing that's ever going to happen to him. <laughs> All right. So should we move on to an email that we got from Ian? Yeah. Let's hear what they have to say. Awesome. Let's see if I can actually get it to play. Hello, Canto Kittens. Ooh. <laughs> uh, that's. Didn't think that'd be uh, as awkward saying it out, out loud <laughs> as it is. Uh, Emily and Brittany, I hope you are both doing fine and well today. Um, I have a kill, Mary fuck for you both. Uh, Brittany, I don't know if you're definitely going to participate, but I don't know if you've actually seen Justified 
our no. uh, KMF today is based solely around characters that our good old Silver Fox Timothy Oliphant has portrayed. So you can choose between Cobb Vanth, Seth Bullock, or Raylan Giffins. Uh, me, I would probably kill Seth Bullock. And um, I'd probably fuck Cobb Vanth. And then maybe marry Raylan Givens. Um, just because I wouldn't want to live in Mos Pelgo. <laughs> or like be tied down to Tatooine. So uh, I pass it on to you too. Uh, thank you very much. And may the force be with you. Thanks, Ian. And I was just on their podcast, uh, the Katana cast. I think that should be out by the time this episode is out and we'll have linked to it on Twitter and stuff. So be sure to check that show out. It's them and Maria and Ben, and it's a really good, uh, fun podcast. Um, I had a good time on it. Okay. So Timothy Oliphant characters, you can participate. You haven't watched Justified, but you can, I mean, you know, you can choose to still fuck, marry, or kill Seth Bullock or a cop band. Well, the problem with this is that, unfortunately, all of these characters are a man in the uniform. I mean, I, I don't know about <laughs> Justified, but... He's, he's, a, he's a marshal in that one. Uh, I have a weakness just for the uniform. Like, you heard me when I was getting my flu shot and that firefighter came up to me and was like, are you ready? And I'm like, ah! Like, I just... A uniform just does so much to me. And knowing that I have to kill one of them, I mean, it makes it easy for me. Obviously, you have to kill the one I don't know. I don't, I don't watch Justified, so I gotta kill that, Timmy. Um, Let me show you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a picture of just what you're killing, just so you know. Oh man, I'm gonna regret this, aren't I? I mean, it's not a picture of him in uniform, but is it a picture of him naked? Uh, unfortunately, not completely. But son of a bitch. The, the pants are pretty low, and there is definitely no underwear. Okay. Because you can totally see some pubic hair in it. Oh, yeah, no, I'm killing him. <laughs> he looks like a guy I dated when I was 18. No, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm killing that one. I, he has to be, there has to be hair. I like a beard. I like a nice beard. I don't like that he's beardless in this because that man could rock a beard. So I'm killing him. I have to fuck Seth because I can't marry Seth. Like Seth is causing too many fucking problems in Deadwood. Like getting this person pregnant, you know, like causing mayhem with, with his brother's wife. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with that still. I, I hope they're doing well. I can't wait to watch the next episode. I just haven't yet because life is busy. Oh, that's a nice picture of him too. But 
I gotta, yeah, I'm gonna fuck Seth. I gotta marry Cobb because I can convince Cobb that our life can continue somewhere else other than Tatooine. Like, I believe at this point he'll be like, you know, maybe, maybe we should can settle down somewhere. Like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the sun. I'm very pale skin. I'd have to apply like sunscreen every 15 minutes every day. Like, that makes my skin all weird and, you know, prone to acne. So that's not great. So I think, I think by the time that uh, Cobb Vanth and I get married, we will we, we will relocate somewhere nice. Er. Okay. <laughs> um, I think you're going to have trouble getting him to move because he is, I think, pretty committed to being the protector of Moss Pelgo at this point. Well, I mean, he's pretty committed to me, though, right? Eh, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I gotta kill Seth Bullock because that man is just miserable. And while obviously, like, his dude has some sexual energy because, like, like he and Alma like cannot resist each other, but it, it does seem like he is not like a particularly adventurous guy, and he's so. <laughs> I don't mean the double entendre here, but I cannot avoid it. He's so stiff that I c- you can't, like, like, the man makes my, like, neck hurt just looking at him because he carries so much tension in his entire body at all times that I just, I don't think he'd be much fun. And also, like, you can't marry him because he's the most miserable bastard on the planet. Um, That's why you gotta fuck him, because you you heard him and Alma having sex so hard that you could you know, hear it from the floor under you. Yeah, but it was all just like, it was all just like very like missionary, like, nah. I think that's all that he knows. That was and- the end of it though. Like maybe they were doing some like adventurous shit before, you know, because that camera just always gets to like the beginning and the end. Like we don't that know what man, happens that in man, the middle. That, that man is not, neither of those are adventurous people. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking Raylan Givens and Justify because one, he is incredibly hot has a couple of very good sex scenes it has incredible has some really good uh shirtless scenes but we also know he's a terrible person to get married to that is a big plot point as him and his ex-wife and how they are uh it was he's not a good guy to be married to there's a point where um his ex-wife uh winona who is a great character um played by natalie z and i love her very much but she has this line about he how because he like asks her like if she thinks he's an angry person and she just looks at him and she's like you're the angriest person i've ever met <laughs> shit and and yeah and he is and so he's not somebody you want a long-term relationship with even though i shipped them very hard and was well i don't want to give spoilers but anyway they are they are a very good couple um just not someone you'd actually want to, you know, be your couple if you're in it. Um, of course. So I guess, yeah. So fucking him and marrying Cobb. Because then you're still married to Ter- Timothy Oliphant. And he's got the nice, like, silver hair in that. He is, he's a, you know, he's a guy with a mission. He cares about people. He's a little bit of a jerk. You know, and a little bit of a charlatan. But only a little bit. And he, he really, he cares about his town and he wants to protect it. 
What's sexier than a man who cares about his town? It's good, I think. Like, you know, and he's, he's, he has learned to be not racist about the Tusken Raiders. So hopefully he's getting better there. He's a guy who can learn and grow. Yeah. Yeah. So I would marry him. I'm glad that we can agree that Cobb Vanth would be a good husband. I think so. But thank you, Ian. And I'm glad that you're enjoying Justified. I still, I it's, I had been rewatching when I was working from home because I could just have it on while I was working. But then I sort of stopped, like, right at, I think, season four. So I need to pick that up again. What's it on? HBO? <sighs> it was an FX show. It was either on Amazon or Hulu. Hulu, I think. Okay. Because I seem to remember there being commercials. So I think Hulu. Yeah, because yeah, cause they, they have a lot of the FX stuff. Uh, if it's still on there, I'm not sure. But it was a couple months ago. Uh, and lastly, we got an email from Sarah, who had written in before. And she says, Hi, Emily, Britt, and Legos fans. Thought it was time to drop you another email, because it's been a little while since my last one. First of all, thank you to both of you for calling out the transphobia that is happening, not only in Star Wars production, but also in the fandom. The truth behind your words is very evident, and it's nice to know that people like yourselves are out there. It's a nice little break from all the hate in the world. So I thought I would give a bit of an update and some observations from my side of the transphobia. Since all this stuff happened with the two actors, I haven't watched Star Wars. That was a decision I made so that I could lessen the effect it would have on me. Basically, if trans people are treated as though we are not worthy, then a show or business or person is not worthy of having me. That's my stance in general whenever there is hate, not just trans hate. But there has been some fallout from this. I used to eagerly wait for the Star Wars podcasts I listen to. Now they think I will get around to at some point, if at all. Canto Bite isn't always, of course. Thank you. Seeing Star Wars Legos in stores would have me wanting to see what there was. Now I just don't bother with any of the Legos aisle. My collection of Star Wars stuff is stuff I now look at and think I should get rid of instead of it bringing me joy. But then I look at all the time and effort that has gone into it and I get dejected about what a waste it would be. A friend asked me to help build their Mandalorian cosplay build, and I had to say no. In all honesty, the way this affected me is bigger than I thought it would be, and that saps energy that could be put so t- to far better use. The funny thing is, I'm fine with being disinterested in anything Star Wars. Lots of people don't like a lot of things. I'm a bit amazed at how much cutting it out of my life has had an impact. I really didn't think it, I was that heavily involved in it as a fan, so that has been a learning experience. I also know that I'm not alone here. Another friend of mine with similar life experiences is saying the same things. They're also really annoyed because they had gotten all the stuff to build a Cara Dune outfit. Oh. They have even gone so far as to reject anything Disney, and they were a big Disney in Disneyite, Disneyitarian. This email is getting long enough, so I'll finish with a question. Your biopic is being made, and you can have any actor from Star Wars be in it, either playing you or someone else. Who do you pick and what role do they play? For me, I picked Carrie Fisher to play my grade three teacher, who was an awesome teacher. Legos for life, Sarah. 
P.S. I was really worried the other episode when Britt was saying a major thing in her life hadn't worked out. And I was worried that end of Car- Carlos. <laughs> Glad to know my thoughts were wrong. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. It was funny because um, when I was saying that on a couple episodes ago, like the way I was wording it, I was like, wow, it sounds like I'm like giving my breakup address. <laughs> Because you know how, like, people on YouTube or you know, on podcasts or something are just like, I have to announce that, you know, so-and-so and I are no longer a thing. Like, it almost sounded like I was doing that, which was really funny. Because it was funny because I was on the phone with Carlos when I got this email. And I was like, oh, my God, someone actually thought that we broke up. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. I'm like, I know. But, nah, Car- Carlos is my dude. That's my that's my soulmate. You you won't hear any breakup addresses from us. Potentially another one from Emily and Fresh. I don't know. Who knows? But that's the only breakup address we'll hear. It's tumultuous. He's yeah, he's gonna have to put some work in if he wants to fix things. And he's very stubborn, that man. Um I mean, okay, do we wanna we wanna get do the question first and then talk about the email? Um yeah, sure. Uh who who would you pick to do a certain role? I can't think of anybody in Star Wars who I'd want to play me. Um I want I want Timothy Oliphant to play that to play Timothy Oliphant in that time in my life when I had sex with Timothy Oliphant. Can I can I do that? Um, you, you had sex with Timmy Oliphant? I <laughs> know. Oh, I'm just saying, like, oh. it, it could happen. And then he, yeah, I was like, oh my god, I what? I think that probably would have that probably would have come up before now. I mean, um, you never know. That's that's why I ask. <laughs> you you like well, regardless of if I had said anything on the show, you would know if I had had sex with Timothy Oliphant. Maybe, but. Again, you gotta expect the unexpected. Like you can drop anything on me, and me being like, "What?" Um, Does anybody mean? Okay, I'm trying to think of anybody. I don't know who would play me. There's no, there's not a lot of redheads in Star Wars. So actually, there's no. Um, That's tricky. I'm trying to think of uh, of people. Um, I think if you're okay with like blind casting in terms of ethnicity, then Jimmy Smiths could play my could play my dad. They have similar energy. They seem, they're both like nice. And I imagine Jimmy Smith makes a lot of dad jokes. Like my dad does. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate because now I'm thinking of if Liam Neeson wasn't as awful as he was, then he could play my dad. (laughs) Also, like my mom has a crush on Jimmy Smith, so that works. That's beautiful. I'm trying to think. My my dad is Liam Neeson. Um, who would my mom be? I don't know. 
someone once told her that she looked like Helen Mirren and that like offended her for some reason. So like now every time what? I know, right? So like now whenever How c- we see Helen Mirren, she's always like, remember the time we're in Walmart and someone walked up to me and said I looked like Helen Mirren? And I'm like, yeah. Why does she have a problem? Helen Mirren is gorgeous. I know. Well, she she took that as they're calling her old. Yeah, but Helen Mirren looks 20 years younger than she is. Yeah. that Have you seen that woman's skin? It is flawless. She does have flawless skin. But yeah. Oh, my God. If Helen Mirren I'm offend- was in Star Wars, then that's my I'm mom. Offended. I'm offended that your mom was offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell her that you said that. That's all awesome. Um, oh, yeah. But, um, okay, more seriously. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry, Sarah, that you have you have to go through this. It's so shitty. Um and like I genuinely like yet again, you know, with with Cara Dune, you can go, okay, they didn't know that they had hired a a piece of shit and they had already filmed two seasons and then all this stuff came out and hopefully she's not in the next. But the accusations about Rosario were there and they haven't come out and made a statement you know about any of this. Yeah. So I I mean I can't uh, like it's it's probably the right decision to not to, to not watch any of it and not support it. Like why why should you? Why should anybody support this shit? Like Yeah, I I give you props. Like that's that's a big thing to do because people suck and people could sit there and laugh that you don't watch something cuz it brings you you know so much sadness and just so many bad negative feelings and it it just people suck like people don't respect that we don't want to watch something or want to talk about something because that thing brings a lot of negativity to you to someone you love you know to human beings like it's it's ridiculous and it's And it's sad, especially, you know, like talking about your friend, Sarah, about how they had made a Cara Dune costume. And now that, you know, not only are they going to not use that, but, you know, they aren't into, you know, Disney as much as they used to be or, you know, they've totally axed it. Like, it's really sad that something that has been a big part of your life turns out to be bad. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, it like like Star Wars should be an escape. It should be a fun thing, and and it sucks that it can't be because like the real world takes precedence. And I that's why you know when people talk about how oh you know you shouldn't care about actors political opinion or whatever and that's so easy when it's not like A when it's not an opinion that directly you know is about you and your life but also because it's like 
it's such a problem in the broader world. You know, it's not like transphobia is some like small little thing that, you know, everybody agrees is bad. And so like what like it, there's it's so prominent in society. It is frighteningly accepted and hand waved away as oh you know like for some reason we've decided like this is a we 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 it's a debate like we can have a debate as to whether trans people are people or not and the fact that that shit doesn't immediately get shut down as horrific bigotry and so like yeah no of course like of course you don't want to watch this show like why would you and and the the awfulness that that you have to deal with this and the fact that Disney is so quiet about it is just ugh it's so gross i hate it i do too it's it's such a slap in the face and i'm i'm glad that you put your foot down and said, I'm done with this. And that at the end of the day, it's it's good. It's good to drop something that sucks and something that brings brings you pain. And it's something that should be normalized in society. You know, for instance, you know, The Mandalorian right now. Or like, let's say like they have like a Cara Dune show. Like, I want nothing to do with that. Like, if they decided to do a Cara Dune show, like, I want to fucking watch it. And every single person that tries to give me shit for not watching it, I'd be like, why does this affect you? This is nothing to do with you. Respect my wishes and let me educate you. This person is spreading so much hatred and I don't agree with it. I don't agree with this person possibly getting a show. And I don't choose to support something that makes a lot of people feel like shit and makes people, you know, feel like they don't matter because they fucking do. And I don't want to be part of something that makes people feel like they don't matter in this world. But yeah, no, I think. Um, yeah, it, it like sucks when that happens. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's really hard to lose, but of course, like, you don't want to be reminded of that, like, every day, you know, like, it's supposed to be fun. And instead, it's just something that is bringing you pain. And so you got to just cut it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that sucks. You know, I can't imagine, you know, being in a fandom you know, and that fandom just and just completely just letting it go because it just makes me feel awful, like that I don't matter. Like that's that's really sad, and that makes me even more mad that Lucasfilm hasn't said or done anything, like. It makes me mad at Disney, mad at Disney, you know, something that I have grown up with and something that it's ridiculous because like I've gone almost a year without 
going to Disneyland and, you know, going to Disney parks, you know, being, having Disney injected in my veins. And like, I've realized that I, not that it, not before, but that like, I'm okay without it. And that if, if they decided to close down Disney here, like I would be okay with it. And I feel like part of the reason why I feel like that is because just, they just haven't been doing great. You know, they, they're fucking a lot of people over and they're not speaking about things that they should be speaking about. It's truly hurtful that, you know, a lot of my friends and a lot of, a lot of people are feeling like Disney isn't doing them justice. Like it's awful and it makes me mad and it makes me question my love for something that has been throughout my life. Yeah. And like Sarah, I hope, I mean, first of all, I hope that I hope that stars does better. Um, like I, I, even if they do, I can see you being like, fuck that, I'm never going back. But I hope you I hope you can find something else. Like I hope you can find a better fandom. Yeah. Like something that's more inclusive and that doesn't pull this shit. But, you know, thanks for thanks for sharing your story. I think that's really important because again, like we're you know, we're a couple of cis women talking about this shit. So it's important to like have the people who are directly affected by this and hearing their stories and thank you for thank you for sharing yours with us yeah thank you so much for emailing us sarah and just like letting us know what's going on and you know if you ever need anything just let us know happy always happy to be here 24 7 yeah um, Brittany, is there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight? No, I, I, I think that covers it. Okay. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Um, I have decided briefly to uh unprivatize my Twitter account because I I don't know I feel like I had it privatized like for like job things things that I wanted in the past but I shit ain't working out so yeah follow me on Twitter I'm Canto Brit what about you um I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind the show is Twitter and Instagram at Cantobite Pod, uh, you can send us email or voicemail if you like, like Ian and Sarah did, and that is CantobitePod at gmail.com. You know, as you see, we are happy with serious stuff. If you have things you want to talk about or get off your chest, or you can send us fuck Mary kills. We like to cover a variety of things on our show. We do. We love all topics. We even had a voicemail from Chris Fresh at all asking like crazy questions. So if you have any crazy questions to ask us, please, we're here to answer. Yeah. Maybe you can maybe you can write in and break up with me some more. Maybe he'll write in and propose. That'd be beautiful. A po- <laughs> a podcast proposal. COVID friendly. <laughs> 
Um, but other than that, thanks everybody for listening. Um, and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a ghetto bitch. Brittany the Ginge and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, ghetto bitch number one.